0: Good morning, North Boulevard. Thanks for coming this morning. Glad you're with us. Those of you who are in our online campus, we're glad that you're with us as well. Some of you, as we've said many times, you should stay home and enjoy the online campus. Don't come back until it's safe for you to come back. Those of you who are in other places around the world, you really do honor us. It's just really cool to have you here. And those who've decided to come and be with us in person, thank you. Wow. Just thinking, it was Tuesday, March the 10th of the year 2020, this past year, that I put the finishing touches on a sermon that I planned to preach on March the 15th, that following Sunday. It was the second to last sermon in a fundraiser we were doing called New Day Fundraiser. You may remember that, in which we were committed to planting churches here, near, and clear on the other side of the planet. And as I was putting the finishing touches on that sermon, I had heard about Corona or COVID, but it really did seem like it was something miles away, oceans away, maybe even on another planet. Two days after I put the finishing touches on that sermon, the uh, committee that was in charge of the New Day campaign, led by Steve Flapp, met and decided that The pandemic had moved so quickly over the last couple of days, we should put a hold on that fundraiser. Two days after that, on Saturday, March the 14th, we had an emergency meeting of the staff and many of the elders joined us on something that some of them had never heard of before—Zoom. And we decided that Saturday, due to what we were hearing from the mayor and the governor and also the president, if you remember, to put all in person services on hold. And so, in an emergency one week before we uh, crowned off that uh, campaign, this pandemic hit North Boulevard. And my goodness, what a year 2020 has been. So, we had to go to online services. You know, we experimented with outdoor services. We've had the mask required services, the mask optional services. Meanwhile, It just feels like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong in the US. So in addition to the fact that now hundreds of thousands of people have had the disease, by my count, over 120 North Boulevard members have had the disease. For many of you, uh, it it turned out not to be too uh, dreadful, but we have uh, at least two of our members who have died uh, that in some sense there were complications due to COVID. Uh, I don't know what the birth, the death certificates actually read, but we know it's been a very serious pandemic. Not long after the pandemic struck, we had entire cities shut down. The uh, IC units at the various hospitals were flooded with people. What an eerie thing it was to turn on the television and see the streets of Manhattan totally empty with papers blowing down the streets and how odd it was to see that we would have unemployment go from one of the lowest rates in modern history to double digits, pushing 20% and even more in some places. And then in the middle of May of this past year, a 46-year-old black man had his hands cuffed behind him, and a police officer put his knee on his neck for over eight minutes until he died and the pent-up resentment and anger of years and years of racial injustice and mistreatment burst out in the streets in protests that, um, that we're still having to deal with racism. Extremists from all sorts of quarters eventually took over some of those protests and turned them into riots, and we saw our cities, some of them, with buildings aflame and looting. In one city, Seattle, Washington, Uh, Antifa, a fringe mob that, who knows what they stand for, actually took over part of the city and declared it an autonomous zone, autonomous from the United States of America. Meanwhile, as all of this was going on, we saw what, at least in my lifetime, is the craziest presidential election that one could imagine. It, It struck me almost as a comedy or even a parody going on in the background of all the other crazies. And as we watched what was unfolding before us, we were dealing with tornadoes. Y'all remember the tornado that blew through Cookville and killed some of our own friends and family members? A bombing just this past week in Nashville. We went through shortages. Remember, we couldn't get toilet paper. We had to wear those infernal masks that we're still wearing that we can't wait to take out into the parking lot and have one huge mask burning bonfire. All of that in the year 2020. I suspect that we could say that um, God has put us to the test. I'm not suggesting God calls the pandemic, although He may have, but I am suggesting He's allowing us to be tested. And I know what He wants. I know what He wants. He wants us to strengthen our resolve and to say that we know who is God when times are good. We also know who is God when times are hard. You see, actually it's a lot more difficult to search for God when everything's going your way because all your selfishness comes to the surface and all your pleasures, you're on top of the world. As I've often said, you can't really search for God at Disney We really actually see God best when we're on our knees, when we're really struggling. That's when a lot of the pretense of life is stripped away, and that's when we actually ask the difficult questions and the questions that really matter the most, the deepest questions. So whatever caused the pandemic a virus behind that spiritual warfare, God or the devil, I'll leave that to the Lord to solve. The purpose of the pandemic for us is to clarify who's in Charge. It is not dissimilar to Daniel's being thrown into a lion's den. That's in the book of Daniel. Daniel's one of the big four of the prophets. They were so called minor prophets and then the major prophets. Daniel's one of the four major prophets. Daniel's ministry spanned possibly almost a hundred years. He lived through several different empires. Captured as a boy from Jerusalem, he was so wise, so good-looking, so effective at what he did that he became a counselor to various kings and emperors. On one occasion, in order to trap Daniel, jealous rivals convinced the king of Persia, a guy by the name of Darius, to decree a law. And by, the Darius, by the way, Darius appears to me to be a feckless leader one who who is incapable of thinking through the stupid decisions that he was making. They convinced Darius to issue a decree that only Darius could be worshiped for the next 30 days. They did it because they knew Daniel wouldn't bow his knee to Darius. And so what does Daniel do? He goes home immediately and resumes what he's been doing his whole life. Three times a day, he gets in front of his window, and he prays to the one true God. Now Darius, who loved Daniel, has to punish his favorite man. He's thrown into a lion's den. That's the story. Daniel in the lion's den. And it must have been a dark night, not just for Daniel, but also for Darius. And all through the night, the Bible says Darius couldn't sleep. He tossed and he turned and he was worried about his friend in the lion's den. But morning came, as it always does. Darius ran down to see how Daniel was doing, and Daniel shouts out, It's okay. God has stopped the mouth of the lions. And I want you to hear what Darius says in response to this. Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language. I'm in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 25. In all the earth, listen to what he says May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel for he is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth, and he rescued Daniel from the power of the lions." So. You might ask at first, why must Daniel go through the lion's den? And the answer is, by going through the lion's den, the entire world got to hear the message that there is one and only one God. But he had to go through the lion's den to get there. If the year 2020 is a lion's den for some of you and for many of us, a year when our addictions blossomed, our discouragement, our despair, our depression struggled, our relationships were strained, our finances were strained. If it was a tough year, remember, sometimes the only way for God to be glorified is for us to go through the lion's den. But on the other end is a resurrection because the morning always comes. I don't know of anybody at North Boulevard who's probably had more on his shoulders then an 11-year-old boy we've got here, a young man. I guess if you're 11, you're a boy, but when you meet him, you'll say, no, he's a young man. Angelo Rodriguez found out this past year, his father had a very serious uh, back injury, and uh, grandfather, I said father first service too, Angelo, and was virtually taken out for the year. He then found out that his grandfather, who by the way is an elder here, his grandfather's wife, Brenda, was diagnosed with stage three cancer. In the course of all of this, Angelo's father, who has virtually all of his documentation taken care of, was called down to the embassy in Mexico, and then the United States government would not allow him to come back to the U.S. And with the COVID pandemic, they can't even go down to see him. So for a year, this young man has been unable to see his father, his whole family dealing with this. In the middle of all this, Angelo has been struggling to figure out, okay, how do we talk about God when you got this kind of stress on your shoulders, schools, you having to do this uh, crazy Zoom school stuff, uh, the strain of finances, losing the breadwinner. Angelo preached a sermon at Smyrna Laverne two weeks before we had to close that campus down, and I listened to that sermon and I said, you know what, Angelo, I think the whole church needs to hear you preach this sermon. So Angelo's 11. For the last three years, he has asked his family and the Smyrna Laverne campus for his birthday. Would you allow him to preach? After he's preached, would you make a donation to North Boulevard? He's raised so far $3,500 doing this, and we haven't counted this year's yet. But he preached a sermon on how God is going to show up, he says, in the morning. So I've asked Angelo Rodriguez to come up. Angelo, I'm going to ask you to come up right now and share with you the lesson God is teaching him using the book of Daniel. Now, we're going to use this platform. You just barely need it, Angelo, but let me tell you, if the sermon tanks, which mine does a lot, having something like this makes them think you're so cute that it it won't matter. So that's why you want to stand on something like this. Hey, tell Angelo Rodriguez, welcome.
1: Good morning, North Boulevard. I am very excited to give you this message. You guys, this church means so much to me. So do you guys. Back when I was around four or five years old, I always looked up at the stage and seeing people like David carry out their sermons made me think I wanna be just like them. So God made my dream come true and he did it through you guys. So those here and those online it is an honor to give you my third message. Now, if you grow up in the church, you might be thinking, what is there to learn from a story I've heard hundreds of times? I want you to know where I know where you are coming from. I was looking for a subject to talk about in the book of Daniel. And as I was just about to flip to chapter nine, I mean seven, um, something hit me. Because God shut the mouths of the lions in our lives, there's no reason he can't take us out of the lion's den. I hope you find this message both interesting and encouraging. Some of you may have heard the story of a woman who left an inheritance for her nephew. After his aunt passed away, the young man came back to his home state to see what she had left him. In her will, Underneath his name, it said she was leaving him this, the Bible and all it contains. The young man felt that he knew all he needed to know about the Bible, and frankly, he was a bit disappointed this was all she left him. So, he placed the dusty Bible high on a shelf and left it there. Decades later, as the man packed his things to move into an assisted living facility, he grabbed the Bible off the shelf. His butt, his hands were shaky, and he dropped the Bible. As it hit the ground, it opened, it was, and it, in it was money. He picked up the Bible and discovered that all those years ago, his aunt had placed an $100 bill in each page of the Bible. <clears throat> Some, uh, What a shame to put something on a shelf that has so much value. Today, I want to talk about a valuable resource, and that resource is prayer. However, just like the young man in the illustration, God gave us free will. We were given the free will to utilize prayer, but we were also given the free will to stress over our problems, or wait until a problem has gotten out of hand before we do take it to God. Daniel seemed to have a very clear understanding on how to pray. God willing, by the end of this sermon, we will have a deeper understanding on the power of prayer. So, to understand Daniel's situation, we have to look at his age and how he responded with prayer. Daniel knew he would be thrown into the lion's den, but he kept on praying. So, Daniel was probably over 70 years old. These Persian soldiers came to his house, probably hurting him physically and humiliating him in front of his neighbors. Also, he was probably sent to a very unsanitary cell. In addition to that, he probably didn't eat anything for three days. Things were moving in a bad direction very quickly. Now, if I were in Daniel's shoes, I would probably be fearing an execution. But, as most of us know, he lived. He got re- God closed the mouths of the lions, and Daniel was rewarded for his faithfulness, and everything went well. But tell me, raise your hand if you have ever thought what may have happened after the angel left. This hungry, probably anxious, elderly man is in the lion's den for the night. Also, he probably didn't know that he was going to leave in the morning or not. God, but God came for him in the morning. All right, now it's time to relate Daniel to ourselves. Think about it. Fear is at an all-time high. An invisible virus has changed life as we know it. And I think for many of us, our houses have become lion's dens. You know... Our signal went out a few weeks ago and our devices weren't working so we all talked a while and you know what Uh, my family they're pretty nice people (laughs) but there is another thing we have in common with Daniel and that is this God is coming for us in the morning how do I know that well according to Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And according to God's own word in Deuteronomy 31, 6, it states that he will never leave us. In Jerem, in the book, uh, in the book, of Daniel chapter 9, it says Daniel was reading from the book of Jeremiah and he prayed to the Lord according to scripture. But not only Daniel, what did Jesus himself do when confronted by Satan? Well, according to Luke 4 8, Jesus confronted the enemy by using the word of God, quoting from the book of Deuteronomy. He shows us that we can still stand on the word of God when in defeating the enemy. With the word of God, we can defeat fear and anxiety and any other trial we face in life. God actually organized this world to work through ordinary people like you and me. It says in Psalms chapter 8, verses 3 through 6 What is man that you are mindful of him, and the Son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and yet you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand. You have put all things under his feet. Could it be that your role and my role in the outcome of events of this world may be much greater than we expected? Over and over again, the Bible shows examples of God partnering with his people not only to accomplish not only his will, but also to give us life more abundantly. Huh. I don't like to talk about myself much, but here it is. The last, for the last nine years, since 2011, we have been on this road with immigration. In 2017, we thought we were done. God answered our prayer, and our waiver was approved. Our future was going to be a happy one. But last year just 12 days after my 10th birthday celebration. My parents were asked to go to the United States consulate in Mexico. Uh, I made myself ill trying to think of everything that could happen while they were traveling. In the meantime, my grandpa twisted wrong and damaged his back. Then a month later, I may, my mom came back home. My dad was staying in Mexico, and we had planned to go see him. But then traveling restrictions happened, and my sister and I were unable to get our passports. The situation affected our ability to concentrate, and school was harder. Also, my sister questioned me many times, sometimes crying, sometimes frustrated. But I knew what she was trying to ask me was, Angela, why isn't Daddy home? A month or so after this, on December 27th, Exactly a year ago today, my parent, we found out my grandma had ovarian cancer. At about that time, the pandemic worsened, but God wasn't planning to leave us in the lion's den. He started by giving us a pet. Then we learned that my dad could come home if we filled another waiver. God healed my grandpa's back just before my grandmother started her cancer treatments and healed Uh, and healed my grandmother of ovarian cancer. Not only that, but during some of those difficult times, I have felt the presence of God many, many times. It seemed that the more difficult the situation became, the more God made himself known. We started to see what seemed like glimmers of God's light. Glimmers of God's light showed up through the members of this church who gave us, who treated us like their own kids and gave us cards and food. My Aunt Tanya, Uncle Dustin, and Uncle Jerry came over to paint our house, and God showed up in healing the, my grandpa's back just before my grandma started her cancer treatment, and eventually, as mentioned earlier, healing my grandmother of stage 3 ovarian cancer. God showed up, allowing my dad although thousands of miles away, to be able to lay between my sister and I and tell us stories through Facebook Messenger. God's light came through again for our family by providing my mom the opportunity to be the Christian Broadcasting Network's first ever remote agent, allowing my mom to work full-time from home. God's light is shining through my dad, who has not seen his dad for 25 years, They have been studying the Bible, and from what I understand, the smile on my grandfather's face when he saw my dad was something that just couldn't be described in words. Through God's strength, we came together as a family to get through this time. Yes, because of the difficulty of everything going on, hundreds if not thousands of prayers were lifted up to God that would not have been lifted up otherwise. I'd like for you to turn your Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 9 verse 1. Here we are going to see that when we when we humble our hearts and align our prayers with God's word, the Lord our God literally brings heaven down to earth. Here's part of a summary of Daniel chapter 9. There's something very powerful about praying God's own word because Found in God's word is God's will. I said, in God's word, we will find his will. How many of you believe that God's word is just as powerful today as it was in Daniel's day? Later in chapter 9, the angel Gabriel appears to Daniel. But notice, the angel God didn't give... Daniel understanding about his situation until he prayed, and Daniel in his wisdom didn't pray until he knew what God had to say in his word. Several weeks ago, on a rainy Monday afternoon, my mom was driving home from a dentist appointment, and she was a bit troubled because she found out that she had to make an appointment with a surgeon, and because of the financial strain of this year, it would have caused us to go further into debt. In the car, my mom prayed something like this, God, you said in your word in 2 Corinthians 9-8 that you would generously provide us with all we need and we would have we would have everything we need and plenty left over to share with others. Please provide us with what we need. Two days later, my grandfather received a call from a person from this church who wishes to remain anonymous. This person told my grandfather they were concerned about our situation. Uh, Later, this same individual spoke with my mom. Now remember the verse she had prayed. God's promise there is that we will have everything we need and plenty left over to share with others. Well, God laid on this individual's heart to tell my mom that they wanted to give us what we needed, but also wanted us to have enough left over to travel so that our family could be reunited. Until that point, only God knew what my mom had prayed, but God intervened by touching that person's heart. So, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. Second Corinthians verses 1 through 3 through 4. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Church, there is immense power in the word of God and immense power in prayer. God is coming for us in the morning. Thank you for allowing me to stand before you this morning and deliver this message. God bless you.
0: I think uh, Brenda and Marvin are back in this service, and uh, Brenda's been cleared of her cancer, but I'm going to invite you guys. They didn't ask me to say this, but don't, don't go hug her. And Lana's down here, and uh, Frey, I hope you're watching as well. Awesome. You see? You made my whole job easy today. No matter how bad my sermon is, they're gonna say it was a great Sunday because of you. Thank you, Angelo. So here's the deal, guys. There is finally a vaccination floating around. It'll get to most of us within the next few months. Stock market's back up. Jobs are trickling back in. Even though we're still forced to wear these infernal masks for a couple of more weeks, I suspect that we're not too far away from saying 2020 is in the rearview mirror and whatever new normal is going to look like, God's going to give it to us. I can tell you we put on pause that sermon that I was mentioning from March chapter 10, but you know, I think something like a million and a half dollars were given anyway. We've paid off the land. Um, It's odd that even though we had to put everything on hold, the last report I heard is that North Boulevard, in partnership with New Generations, has planted during the pandemic—I'm not making this up—more than 50 churches in the last nine months. So even in the middle of all of this, and by the way, we're planting churches right now in places we can't even name because of security reasons, and the gospel is exploding in some of the craziest places, you wouldn't believe it, where all the gospel is going right now. We get to be part of it. So when we look around, maybe the best thing for us to do is to realize we've been through the lion's den in the year 2020. But Angelo, you're right, the morning's coming. The dawn is almost here. And as Angelo says, you can see some uh, rays of light already cracking through. When we get to 2021, guys look back and say, Lord, what was it you wanted us to get from this? Because he gives us blessings. Really, he gives us blessings when we're on our knees that we couldn't have gotten any other way. He gets our attention. He reminds us of who who is sovereign. He reminds us of the questions that really are most important in life. And he helps us to get through all the stuff that was just a distraction anyway. That's what this year has been for. It's true for the congregation. It's true for you as well. So Darius, Darius, the most unlikely guy in history, makes this declaration. He is the living God, and he endures forever, and his kingdom will never be destroyed, and his dominion will never end. Why
1: don't you stand up with me?